I love being with Don. He's the love of my life. Over 56 years ago, as we told you, we fell in love. And I and he was this, like, incredible, funny, gorgeous, hot guy. I mean, I was on cloud nine. And then I married him. And he suddenly wasn't nearly as funny anymore. Welcome to the Lively Last Podcast. I'm James Duvall, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, the amazing, the beautiful Lisa. Hey, everyone. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, thank you for taking time to invite us into your day through this podcast. It's hard to believe, James, that we are five weeks into the journey, and we're loving every minute of it. Yes, thank you all for the kind messages and comments on, on social media, and thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. It may seem like a small thing to you, but it's a big deal for both of us. We really do appreciate all the support. Yeah, some of you may know that we just recently returned from time away on what we call Just the two of us trip. We had a great time reconnecting, relaxing, and recharging for the days ahead. We also recorded an episode for the podcast while we were away. We can't wait to share it with you next week. Last week's episode with Lance Witt was so good. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, we want to encourage you to take some time and check it out this week as well. I made an ask to you, our listeners, to go to download the Anchor app or to use the link in the show notes to send us a voice message and tell us how you best recharge. We want to hear your voice, and we have an upcoming episode where we would like to feature some of your suggestions. Maybe you're the type of person who likes to sit alone with a cup of coffee and a journal. That's me. Or maybe going out for an afternoon run is the way you fill your tank. Every person is different and needs something different to recharge. So that is your homework for this week. Get the link or download the app and record a quick voicemail message to us. If you want to tell us your first name and where you live, it would be really helpful as well. We're really excited about our guests for today's show. Don and Joy Bray are good friends of ours and a couple that James and I look up to and have a tremendous amount of respect for. Don and Joy have laughed and loved together for 56 years. Their life adventures include eight years of living in the interior of Papua New Guinea, welcoming six children, three biological and three by choice, into their home, observing God's dynamic grace and transforming love in over 80 countries of the world, finding humor and hope along the way. Yeah, some of the many hats that Don has worn are the hats of a pastor, a missionary, a global administrator, local church leader and elder, and the storyteller in chief. Joy has loved being an elementary school teacher, missionary, even though she insists she still does not enjoy camping, (laughs) administrative assistant, editor, author, mom, grandma, and chief. Above all, their greatest adventure has been running after Jesus, their source of joy. This discussion is so good. So wherever you are, lean in and learn today from two of the best people on the planet. Don and Joy Bray, thank you for being on the Lively Last podcast. I think you know by now that you are two of Lisa and I's favorite people. And when we were planning on starting this podcast, you were at the top of the list of guests that we wanted to have on the show. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, it's our joy to to be with you, Uh, James and Lisa. One of the things that has meant a lot to me is to watch how you have chosen in this season of your life to invest in other people. You are in helping people lead their lives better. You're helping people have better marriages. And so it's really cool for us to be part of this project because of how it's going to help others. And this is our first podcast. 
So you're taking a chance on us. So thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a mystery to be solved with um, technology. So y'all's first podcast and my technical issues, we, we get what's going to be great. So, you know, one of the things we like to say about you and prepare yourself, you are the youngest, oldest people we know. That is meant to be a huge compliment. You both individually are always looking to grow and learn while you truly have so much life experience and wisdom to give, but that hasn't been a lid on your forever learner attitude, and I love it. As a couple, you're so fun, you're vibrant, and you model longevity in marriage. You really are an inspiration to so many people, and James and I in particular. You are our marriage mentors that we want to be like when we're as young as you are, probably like 52. You guys have been married 56 years, I believe. So they couldn't be 52 then. Yeah. It'll be 56 years next month. 56 years next month, which in itself is so honorable. Joy, I heard you say one time when I was hearing you teach this quote, the older I get, the less time I want to spend with the part of the human race that didn't marry me. And I think that's <laughs> so good. That's absolutely true. I still feel like that. I mean, I do feel like that. Even though the passion and the awesomeness was there when we first met, as we've grown older together, it's just grown beyond whatever I could imagine. That's so good. It was June the 16th of 1962, 58 years ago, that I had my first date with Joy. I can still see her in that pretty black dress. We went from Indiana to Chicago for a Billy Graham crusade, 18-hour date. Wow. Her vitality and her vibrancy and the sparkle in her eyes just blew me away. And I feel the same today as I did then, 58 years later. All the listeners that are listening right now, this is the reason why they were our top pick of being on this podcast. To be married that long and have that much. Some people just grow old together, but you grow old together and love each other more intently. And I love it. It's so special. He still gives me goosebumps when he walks in the room. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So one of the special traits that you model is an excitement and joy for life. You love to laugh and have fun. That's absolutely right. That's one of our core values as a couple. The Bible says that laughter is good for the soul, and science says it's also good for the body. Some great researcher said laughing for 15 seconds actually adds two days to your lifespan. Come on. The is to laugh enough that I never die. <laughs> <laughs> Agnes Replier was a writer known for her common sense said, we can't really love someone with whom we never laugh. And that is so true. It is. That has not always been true for you, Joy, right? Can you share about your early struggles with finding joy? Sure. Uh, to be honest, Lisa, in the early years of our marriage, I just wasn't much fun at all. I wasn't very good at relaxing. I was very hyper. I was too intense. I couldn't relax at all. And as a child, my image of God was distorted. I felt he was someone out to punish me when I messed up. Maybe some of you know that song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above who is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Well, I heard the be careful, little eyes, what you see, but I never really heard he's looking down in love. Uh, wow. And I always felt just he was there waiting to, for me to mess up. So one day I really remember sitting in my favorite chair where I had time alone with God every day. 
all of a sudden I was feeling sad and lonely and depressed and all those negative things. And it was just like God spoke to me audibly and said, Joy, you are God's beloved daughter, and I am well pleased with you. And for some reason, hearing those words really spoke deeply into my heart, and it changed me, and it brought emotional and relational healing that I hadn't known before. Wow. That's amazing. When you met Don, you were still really struggling with these emotional and relational issues with joy and having fun. Early on in your relationship, it wasn't really so much fun for you guys. You shared that there were some difficulties because you were dealing with these issues. Can you tell us what it was like in your early relationship? James, you know, um, some people are born funny and I'm not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I love being with Don. He's the love of my life. Over 56 years ago, as we told you, we fell in love and and he was this like incredible, funny, gorgeous, hot guy. I I mean, I was on cloud nine and then I married him and he suddenly wasn't nearly as funny anymore. (laughs) You know, his spontaneity drove me crazy. I like to know ahead of time what's going to happen. So I launched an all out campaign to try and change him. Of course, I wanted him to be like me because my way must be the best way, right? (laughs) Of course. Remember when we were first married, he would ask me what I thought of his sermon and I thought he really wanted to know. Big, huge mistake. Proverbs 19.13 says, A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. And that reminded me of a phrase I heard one time, nagging is like being nibbled to death by a duck. (laughs) I listened to myself and I realized that was me. It really hurts me when I think about these early years in our marriage. We appeared happy on the outside, But inwardly, I could see my fun-loving husband slowly dying. You know, when we heard you speak about this before, you shared that one day you realized when Don left the house, all the laughter left with him, and you knew you had to change. What did you do? Well, Lisa, I asked myself the question, am I fun to live with? And the answer was no. So I made a decision to delight in my husband just as God created him. And I asked God to help me develop a sense of humor. It didn't happen overnight. You know, Jesus is a very gentle man and he waits until we're ready to change. So every day I had to pray for a spirit of gratitude to replace my critical spirit. And gradually I did start to change. I learned the fun of laughing at myself. You see, I tended to be harder on myself than anyone else, and that was no laughing matter. I'm still a melancholy personality, but as I relax in God's delight in me, I'm able to relax in Don's delight and truly enjoy this amazing person God's given me to share my life with. And that's some serious fun. (laughs) (laughs) Don, you're actually known as the funny person in the marriage. And I've heard you share many times that you love having fun, you love laughing. So what are some things that you do or you've done in your marriage and your family that bring humor and joy? Well, I I love humor. I love a good joke, but I'm not a very good joke teller. The way I'm wired is I see humor in the everyday things of life. I'm very spontaneous And so it's easy for me to look at myself or look at our family and see crazy things that make us laugh. 
story that comes to mind uh, several years ago, there was a, a theater where we lived that had on Thursday nights, if you were 55 or older, had $1 movie tickets. And being the wealthy man that I am, I decided $1 movie <laughs> tickets were good. So I invite Joy to go out for a night to the movies and I show up, we wait in line, I slide my two bucks through the window and say, two tickets, please, and tell them the movie we want. And the guy says, that'll be 10 bucks. And I go, no, we may not look 55, but we really are 55. <laughs> guy says back to me, oh, I know you're 55, but this is Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> we still laugh about that one. That's kind of where a lot of our humor comes from. You also tell a story that you learned some lessons about humor. There, you share the time that you thought you were being humorous and actually almost cost your relationship with joy. So can you share a little bit about that and just what was the lesson or some lessons you learned from that? Yeah, I, I really like to. When I was uh, in my upper teen years. We had a cool youth group and I like to make everybody laugh. So I developed some comic routines that I would use at parties and just when we were hanging out. Two of those routines were about uh, making fun of people with special needs. And I thought they were hilarious. So after I dated Joy once or twice, I pulled out these routines to make her laugh. And when I got done with them, there was no laughter. Mm. And she looked at me and said, I don't like this humor at all. And if this relationship is going to go somewhere, you're going to have to stop doing that. Wow. This wasn't a suggestion. <laughs> well, I really wanted this to go somewhere. Looking back, I am so glad that she was so strong with me because in our first year of marriage, when we were in grad school, I drove a school bus for special needs children. Wow. And then later in our marriage, our, our third child is special needs and has some pretty significant issues. And he's such a love in our life. And then God led me to a church that one of their signature ministries is to special needs people. And so Joy correcting me early on in our relationship has been an amazing gift to me. One of the things that I've learned is that not everyone laughs at the same things. And the kind of humor we use is important. Because of the values I have, my humor doesn't have cheap shots in it. It's not coarse. I don't like put down demeaning humor because I've seen humor used as a hammer to ridicule or belittle people. And to me, that's not humor. That's just being harmful. It's not sophisticated. It's simply a sin. You know, for humor to really work in a relationship, there has to be a certain level of comfort with the people that you're with. They need to know that you're not going to laugh at them, that you're not going to make fun of them, that you actually believe in them, even if you see things that might cause you to laugh. <laughs> a key thing for me in learning this lesson was a little bit later in our marriage, we were in Papua New Guinea and Joy had gone through a difficult pregnancy and our little guy was having difficulty and Joy needed a good rocking chair. Well, we lived in the middle of the mountains of New Guinea. So I had to make that rocking chair. Well, I'm not a carpenter. I, I'm not very handy with my hands. I didn't have any power tools. So I slaved after at night in a little woodshed making this, this rocking chair. Mm -hmm. And it was truly a labor of love. Now, I didn't even have a pattern. Of course, we didn't have computers. There's no way to get a pattern. But I knew that God would help me do this. Finally, on Mother's Day, I got the thing done. And I brought it into the living room 
covered it with a blanket. So when Joy got up in the morning, there would be this spectacular gift for her that would help her care for our son so beautifully. So I took the blanket off, and when the weight of the blanket came off, that rocking chair leaned forward, almost fell over. And to, to sit in it, Joy had to double up until she was a V. It was awful. I was so embarrassed. And Joy looked at me, and she was so sweet and thanked me for this, creating this loving gift for her. And she tried to make it rock. No one was laughing, and she didn't laugh. But a couple days later, as we were talking about it, we began to laugh. And now, if we say, do you want to know the perfect gift? Give a rocking chair. We still laugh. 50 years later. The moral of that story, too, is that there's a time to laugh and a time to wait. So, you know, I felt like laughing, but I knew all the stuff that he had poured into that time to make this himself. And I didn't want to devalue him. And I felt valued and and was able to see how crazy it was. (laughs) I love it. Pastor Don, you and I share a similar thing is that we both like to laugh. And my humor has got the best of me at times before. There are a lot of things I love to laugh at James about, but I do wait. (laughs) I do wait. She got me this week, actually. We had somebody come to clean our house. First time ever that I've had someone come. Yes, it was a big deal. Yeah, first time ever. She had told me that the lady who was coming didn't speak English. She only spoke Spanish. And so I'm back in the bedroom. I said, James, you have to hurry and get ready. She's going to be here at nine and it's nine o'clock. And I just got out of the shower, still had a towel around me. And all of a sudden I hear this, Hola! and I about jumped out of my skin thinking that the cleaning woman had just walked in on me in the bathroom. But his face, it was priceless. The fear oh. on his face and he was grabbing at every towel, anything around. To, it was bad. It was great. I loved it. Joy, one of the first times I've been able to hear you speak several times and in reference to Don, you said, I still get butterflies when he walks into the room. How have you made a way for intimacy in your marriage through fun like this? Well, you know, the truth is, Lisa, that uh, fun brings intimacy. It nourishes joy. And I think we can remember it's COVID right now. And so we haven't been to the movie theater for a while. But I think I remember back when I went. And, (laughs) And remember when we would sit there and all of a sudden, everybody would start laughing out loud at something that's going on. And it would just be like a ripple effect through the theater. And it just brings a kind of a human connection of joy. You didn't know those people when you walked in the theater. You didn't know when you walked out, but it brought that connection of joy. It even works with crying too, but right then it it worked with the joy. Because, you know, it's a biblical principle, in fact, that criticism separates us, but joy unites us. I heard one time a man by the name of Frank Pittman who said, the more things we can laugh about, the more alive we become. And the more things we can laugh about together, the more connected we become. And that I find that is actually very true in our marriage as well. We have a lot of listeners who are hearing you laugh and have so much joy in this conversation. If you could give our listeners some pointers that you've learned in your marriage to create more fun in their relationship, what would you say to them? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because we have a few ideas. (laughs) 
There's one of the first uh, keys that I would say is not to take yourself so seriously. As I told you before, that one didn't come quickly for me, but it is so important. And uh, just learning to lighten up and laugh at yourself. I remember a time very vividly when I had an appointment at the office and I dressed very professionally and did the right makeup and everything else so I would be ready for this really important appointment. So I uh, went into the building, uh, stopped at the restroom briefly and headed up the stairs and a guy met me on the way down who usually was just a lot of fun and always, you know, we interact. And he, he instead of saying hi, he just kind of looked at me with this really strange look. And I thought, man, he's having a terrible day. Too bad. So I just kept bouncing on up the stairs. And when I got to the top of the stairs, I went straight to the receptionist. And she looked at me and she just burst out laughing. And I was like, what's the matter? And she said, Joy, turn around. And I turned around and here I had, I had, I had this beautiful pantsuit on, but tucked into my waist at the back was a long roll of toilet paper that stretched all the way from my (laughs) pants, all the way down to the floor. And the bottom was wet. (laughs) (laughs) And I just burst out laughing. We both laughed together and I decided, you know, it is what it is, and uh, <laughs> laughing is better than the other thing. So I fixed it and went into my appointment, and all, all of us lived happily ever after. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, we can look for fun in the ordinary moments of, of life. We were doing a little remodeling, and we were wanting to put some new tiles in. So I went to Lowe's, found a tile that I thought Joy would like, and went up to the counter to pay for it. And the lady looked at me and she said, you're only buying one tile. I looked at her and just said, of course, we live in a tiny house. <laughs> so another idea is to find ways to inject fun into your marriage. One of the things that we did um, shortly after we came home from Papua New Guinea and began our life here in the States, everything was different. And it was, it was kind of like a hard adjustment time. So Don wanted to inject a little fun in our marriage, and he decided one day to take one of those little Dixie cups that he used to put by the sink and drink out of and throw away, and he filled it up with very cold water. And while I was in the shower, he snuck in there and poured it on me, and I screamed, and, and he got a great deal of joy out of it, although I didn't at the moment. But I decided that I, that was probably a good way to get revenge. So later on, I found a a time when I did the same thing back to him and it's kind of like turned into a tradition, spark of fun and cold water. (laughs) I love it. See, this is where Pastor Don and I are so much alike because I actually have done that to James on several occasions and find such joy, but he doesn't actually ever retaliate because he doesn't want to He doesn't want to get things started. Oh, well, James, you're a much better person than I am. (laughs) (laughs) One of of the other things that that we did that that I thought worked pretty well is to think surprise. We've had a great life, but we've also had a lot of difficult things in our lives in different seasons. I think everybody's like that. And we were in one of those tough seasons, and, and Joy needed something special. So I planned a dinner out followed by, uh, it was in the summertime, an outdoor concert. But I had the big idea that what I would do is make a reservation in a local hotel. And then I packed an overnight case with all the things I thought Joy would need. 
Now that is courageous. Yeah, that yes. is. <laughs> and I tucked that in, in the trunk of the car. And on the way home from the concert, I said, we're having such a good time. I don't want this. And let's just go to a hotel. And Joy goes, well, what about the kids? And I said, they're old enough. They can, they can cope. <laughs> He's not a mama. <laughs> and then she said, but I don't have anything. I said, that will make it more interesting. <laughs> she is less than impressed at this point. But I pull up to the hotel and I get out so she knows I'm serious. Open the door for her. She gets up and I pop the trunk and pull out the overnight case. And then she realized that there had been planning to this and there was purpose behind this and that I had prepared for her. And let's say that the evening turned into a very delightful evening. (laughs) (laughs) Surprises are good. If you prepare for them. And then one more thing is study each other's funny book. I love that. That what gives your mate or your, your partner joy. I discovered that Don loves comics. Me, not so much. Not at all. Not at all. I work on puzzles. Don, not so much. Not at all. Uh, Another thing I learned early in our marriage, I knew that Don played football in high school and college and that he really loved football. I didn't realize how obsessed he was with football until we got back from Papua New Guinea and I found myself on many a Sunday afternoon doing my own thing while he was in there watching football and I thought, what's wrong with this picture? So I decided that I would try and learn the basics of football so that I could at least enjoy part of what I was watching or at least know what was going on other than that they looked like they were killing each other. So I did. I kind of just learned uh, a little bit about, you know, the the lingo and what they were actually, how they did things and went in there. So, So I can remember the first Sunday that she came down and sat down and said, let's watch football together. I wondered who'd taken over her body. And then when I mentioned something about, wow, Don, that was a good play. He was just blown away. Because she actually knows how to talk football talk. And you have to remember, this took 30 years for her to do this. <laughs> I get it. I it's get it. It's a fun part of our marriage. We really enjoy watching football together. And I love watching it with her now. Since we've been married so long, we've been doing this for over 20 years. So this is cool. That is cool. Lisa actually does that for me too, because I'm a huge Ohio State football fan. And Saturday when they're playing, she usually comes out with her Ohio State t-shirt on. It's the only time she wears it. She'll she'll hang in there for about the first quarter. (laughs) My thing is I I have to stand. I stand right in front of the TV for the entire (laughs) game. You really are a fanatic. Yeah, so she doesn't really have to stay in the room because I'm – I don't even know she's there sometimes. I'm so dialed but in. But I will game. come back for the fourth quarter, especially if it's a really intense game. I'll, I'll come back and finish it. The fourth quarter and the snacks. And the snacks. I'm all about the snacks. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So, Don, you tell a story about just laughter in your home as a family in a conversation you had with your daughter, Julie. Could you maybe share just that story? Sure. Actually, this is a, this is a really tender story in my own heart. Our first child, Julie, is a lot like me. as a personality like me. Uh, She's an amazing woman. She's now 53 years old. But when she was in high school, she would argue everything, no matter what 
decision we made, she would argue it. So it was a constant struggle that she and I had. And oftentimes we have to go back in the bedroom where the two of us could talk and work through it together. And since I was her dad, I often won the argument and that would leave Julie frustrated. But somehow, I think it was just intuitive back then, I would find a way to make her laugh. So we're laughing together and then she'd get mad because she wanted to be mad at me, but not laugh with me. (laughs) Now fast forward and she's now an adult. Her life has been troubled by a lot of physical issues. She went through a divorce and we were, she was reflecting on her life. And she said, dad, back when I was in school, we'd have these fights and you would always leave me laughing. In my marriage, my husband and I would have arguments. And when the argument was over, I kept waiting for my husband to leave me laughing, but he never did. And there was always this emptiness in my heart. It was so tender for me. And then I began to realize that often in the serious conversations that I have as a pastor and working with people in leadership where you have to have tough conversations, I just seemed intuitively to find a way to get people to laugh at so we could laugh together at the end. It became something that was very tender and it brought us back together in spite of how difficult that it was. That has made me more conscious than ever of the power of laughter and the beauty of it as well. Thinking about that story and about this podcast, we talk about live, lead, last, and your relationship as a husband and wife and the laughter that you've had in your home and with your kids has left a legacy your children have seen and they've admired and they honor you for it. I think it's such a great lesson for every couple who's listening to the podcast today is that your kids are watching joy in your relationship is healing that brings intimacy, but also creates a legacy that will last beyond uh, who we are as as individuals. A couple of things I'd love to add here is what a bonus paycheck as a parent, even years later to get that treasure. It's worth more than any money could give that she would say that to you and that that's a memory that you have. It's just powerful and special for all of our parents listening and dads listening that your words last. But then I would love to also add your kids were watching you, but you have spiritual kids that are watching you. And that's one just to honor the two of you. But then it's a reminder to even James and I, sometimes we'll go, I think people are watching us. Like younger people are watching us and it's so important to live that model out in front of other people, not just for ourselves, for those who are watching. That's really true. You two have a lot of influence, a lot of people. That's a great insight. Okay, Miss Joy, could you share with all of our listeners something that serves as a reminder to keep joy in your life? Well, um, the truth is, as you know, that I did marry an amazing man who enjoys life and sees the best in everything. That is a huge plus. But the reality is that without the joy of Jesus in our marriage, we wouldn't have nearly as much fun. I I think that's the reason why my life verse has been so important to me. And it's Nehemiah 8.10 that says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That was true when we were in Papua New Guinea doing things that I don't even like to go camping. Here I am in Papua New Guinea and God just built that joy into our lives. So that we actually, when I look back, I don't remember the, all the tough, hard things. I remember the joy. And the cool thing is that when we have fun together, naturally, in the good times and the bad times, it spills over, like you said, to the people around us. I remember when we had the joy of having some grandchildren live right near us for about 10 years, and we had them over often. And I created what I called the dance of joy. Every time they did something good or something great happened, we would do this little 
dance together, and it was so much fun. Recently, our adult grandkids came back to for Easter about two years ago and spent several days with us. We just had a blast. And when they were getting ready to go, they went out and got a card and brought it back. And in the card, they said, thanks for making your home a place of joy. And that just filled us with joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I love it. You guys. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and just sharing your story. This is a lot of fun. I don't (laughs) think I've laughed so much. Just honor you and your marriage. We thank you for your friendship and the example that you are to Lisa and I. You truly are a couple that have shown what longevity in marriage and relationship is all about. You model everything what this podcast is about. So thank you so much for being here and sharing with us today. Sorry, Joy. Yes, Thanks. thanks for the opportunity. There was so much rich content in that discussion. We laughed so much during our time together. I wish we could have had a video recording of the conversation. There was a bit of a misunderstanding (laughs) on the logistics of the recording. Because of social distancing, we had to do the conversation by Zoom. Well, we didn't communicate clearly that we were only recording audio and not video. When we launched into the Zoom call, they were all dressed up and looking great (laughs) while we were, well... We were pretty lazy looking and not so nice. No, Joy decided to use one of those virtual backgrounds and chose this beautiful beach scene. However, where she was positioned in the video frame was right in front of a palm tree (laughs) that was blowing in the wind. Every time the wind would blow the tree in the video or Joy moved a certain way, she would disappear from the video. That's so funny. It was a hoot. It really was a great time. There's such a blast. And I came across a statement um, from Aldous Huxley And it made me think of Don and Joy and their commitment to being lifelong learners. He said, a childlike man is not a man whose development has been arrested. On the contrary, he's a man who has given himself a chance of continuing to develop long after most adults have muffled themselves in the cocoon of middle-aged habit and convention. Wow. I think that's so good and speaks so much about the life of Don and Joy Bray. Absolutely. So if you'd like to learn more about Don and Joy, you can follow Joy on Facebook at joybray.75. Don is on Twitter at donbray16. And hey, next week, we really hope you'll join us. It will be our first podcast recorded abroad. That's right. We're going international and we're going to be sharing some thoughts on the importance of rest and give a bit of behind the curtain look at why and how we do our just the two of us trips. Please remember to download the Anchor app or get the link in the show notes and send us a voice message to tell us what you personally do to recharge. Also, please continue to help us get the word out by sharing the podcast and telling your friends about it. If you would take time to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, we would be super grateful. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Live the Last Podcast. And as we say every week, the way you live your life and leverage your influence today will determine the legacy you leave tomorrow. Until next week, bye-bye.